Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode of This is the Author, meet CEO Natalie Molina Nino, writer Chris Bailey, and journalist and The Next Revolution host Steve Hilton. Hear why a practical business book for women was needed, what to do when you're distracted, and how to tackle big politics. You'll find that even experts in their field still have things to learn. Hint, the recording process is not as easy as it seems. Enjoy. Hi, this is Natalie Molina Nino. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be coño. Sorry, it's in Spanish. I wrote my book because I was tired of reading business books that are irrelevant to 90-plus percent of the population. Women, and especially women of color, are not just underserved, they're also the ones starting all the businesses in this country. And I wanted to finally write the book that was written especially for them. Narrating my audiobook was easier than I expected because I was surrounded by professionals that guided me through the whole thing, but harder than I expected because I want to be incredibly good at everything from the moment I first start. And I had to face the fact that I had never done anything like this before and there was some learning involved. I realized that I had trouble pronouncing alternative. My friends' names, people I know, people who are a part of my day-to-day life, who in some cases I've been mispronouncing their names. Yeah, I had trouble pronouncing all sorts of really interesting things. I'm excited about the fact that had we gone with a professional narrator, the whole thing might have sounded much more professional, but we would have missed a lot of the secret sauce, the sass, some of the attitude that I think that only I could probably bring to this. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would probably cast someone like Rita Moreno or someone super sassy like J-Lo. Hey, everybody. This is Chris Bailey. I am the author of the book Hyperfocus, How to Be More Productive in a World of Distraction, which I just finished up recording in the same studio as Drake recorded several albums, Justin Bieber recorded, and it's a pretty nice place here in Toronto, Canada. This book is kind of an antidote for how to live in this world of distraction that we find ourselves in. One alarming statistic I encountered in writing this book was that on average, when we're doing work in front of a computer and our phone is nearby, we only work on one thing for around 40 seconds before we're distracted or we're interrupted. And what surprised me was that I started to notice this phenomenon in myself. Somebody who likes to call himself a quote-unquote productivity expert, my work began to expand to fit how much time I had available for it. I was tending more to social media, even though I knew I shouldn't. I was multitasking when I knew I shouldn't as well. And so that was the impetus for writing this book. I was inspired by my own behavior and noticing these patterns in myself. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be 
invigorating, <laughs> if that's not too corny a word to choose. This was very much a passion project for me. Once I noticed these patterns in myself, I started pouring through as much research on how we manage our attention as I possibly could until I was at the point that I had accumulated 25,000 words of research notes. And so it was actually exciting and invigorating and energizing to be able to put all these words together in the form of a book and to actually read that book out loud. One that I've struggled with that my fiance always says, like, get this word right, she always makes fun of me, is the word that's spelt B-O-T-H. I like to pronounce it, this word, both is what most people say, but I like to pronounce it both and putting an extra L in there. I think I checked myself this time around because this is my second audiobook. One of the best parts about recording an audiobook is it's not a live take. You stumble all over the place. You stumble every few sentences. You know, if you try to read a book out loud, especially when somebody's recording you and editing you later on and people are in the studio watching, you know, you stumble. And so I am proudest that you won't hear the stumbles. <laughs> Dream narrator, living or dead, I would have to say Neil deGrasse Tyson, a household astrophysicist name if you're not familiar with his work. Familiar. Maybe that's another word I also mispronounced. Familiar with his work. I would recommend giving him a quick YouTube search. He has this booming, bass-heavy voice that I think would translate really well in most people's headphones that are listening to the book. There's so many. I probably listen to an audiobook or two a week. I'll pick two. Just Kids by Patti Smith was one of the best audiobooks I've ever read. When a narrator sings her own songs in the text, when a narrator's just so into her story, and you can feel the emotion strike you with every sentence, I, I found her to be such a welcoming narrator, as if you were by her side. She wasn't reading to you, she was reading with you as you were there. And maybe another pick, one that I think will hold up over time, is A Higher Loyalty by James Comey. And there was a surprising level of practicality to that book, especially around the subject of ethical leadership, which I think is the conversation worth having. Hi, this is Steve Hilton. So I've been thinking a lot about a whole range of public policy issues for many, many years. I worked in government in the UK, and I ran a tech startup that tried to democratize politics in the US, and I've taught at Stanford. And all of that experience really has convinced me that the two-party system, the way we do politics and government, it's completely broken. It's too ideological. People are too in their silos of thinking about things the same old way. And we need a massive shakeup in how we think about politics and policy. Because for decades, the problems that politicians have been trying to solve, whether that's economic problems or social ones, they've really not got any better. We spent so much money, spent so much effort. We need a real revolution. And I wanted to put that down really clearly and specifically in terms of a book that was really like a, a manifesto. You could say almost for a new political party that brought together ideas from left and right and nowhere else and in between to really set out how I think we need to solve the big problems of our age. If I had to pick one word to describe what this experience of recording the audiobook was like, I think I would say surprising. And the reason for that is that I expected it to be an ordeal, and it really wasn't. It was fun. 
But more than that, the thing that I think really surprised me was the way that after the last few months working on the book, where really the focus, especially towards the end, is fine-tuning and spotting typos and really getting it in order, you forget about the actual message of the book. And what was really great and surprising about reading it out was reminding myself, almost hearing it, not for the first time, but really in a fresh way, of the actual message and realizing that I really like it and I agree with it and I can't wait to go and tell the world about it. I realized I had trouble pronouncing almost everything because as you can tell, I'm originally from the UK, so there's the whole British-American thing going on. Our director very kindly gave me leeway to go with the British version of most things. But then there were these weird things that I didn't expect and had problems with. For example, pronouncing dollars and cents in American and realizing that there's these tiny differences. So, for example, in British speak, you would say $725.63. Whereas in the US version, you put the and in between the dollars and the cents. And for some reason, that caused enormous problems. The other one that I really couldn't have predicted, when there's a discussion around reforms to the criminal justice system, and my natural way of pronouncing a particular word was parolees, which no one here understood, and ended up having to be parolees, which I couldn't get out of my head as some sort of Italian pastry or Polish dumpling or whatever. Parolees. Who knew? If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I'm now reaching for narrators of audiobooks that I have really loved. And most of the audiobooks we listen to actually are children's books. We listen in the car together. And there are two that I absolutely love. The Roald Dahl books. One of them was read by Roald Dahl himself. One set of them. And that was just magical. There was something really amazing about his voice. Absolutely loved it. So I would choose Roald Dahl first. And the second narrator of a Roald Dahl book that we really enjoyed was Danny Champion of the World, and it was read by Will Young, who actually was a British pop star. I think he won Pop Idol and just did an absolutely beautiful job with that book. It was really beautiful and haunting. And so I'm going to go with either Will Young or Roald Dahl. I actually remember very recently a truly magical audiobook experience. It was another children's book that we were playing in the car just the other week as a family. And I just remember hearing it. And literally within the first couple of sentences, it's like my jaw just dropped and I was completely wrapped with attention. And I just thought, oh my God, this is an amazing book. What is this? And it was Mortal Engines by Philip Reeve, which I think is now going to be a big sort of blockbuster movie at the end of the year. And I'd never heard of it as truly amazing, an amazing concept and was just a really magical moment that I'll remember for a long time. This is the Author is a production of Penguin Random House Audio. Thank you for listening.